Hi, I'm Sally Lucas. Our staff provide the best value for your holiday experience. Contact us today on 49298600 or visit our website, travelonking.com.au, to create your dream. And we're talking travel thanks to our sponsor, Travel on King and Sally Lucas. It's one of those iconic constructions, isn't it, Tower Bridge in it London? It certainly is. It's a well-known landmark. And this is just a very interesting article. I subscribe to a Britain magazine online and they often have interesting little tidbits about history of England and London in particular. And they're saying, is it true that it was almost bought by an American? Well, was it? Will we find out? It's such a symbol of London that an American oil baron apparently thought that's what he was buying in 1967 when he snapped up London Bridge, which is half a mile upstream. So he really thought he was getting the Tower Bridge. The Tower Bridge. Never would they give that away. Well, it's so much related to... What's what's the building next to it? Um, The The uh, Tower Tower of London. (laughs) The The Tower of London. That's why it's called the Tower Tower Bridge. Bridge. (laughs) Exactly. So he was building this new city in the Arizona Desert, rather, and he wanted a a Gothic-style feat of Victorian engineering, he decided, but he later denied he'd mixed up the bridges, apparently. (laughs) But the myth captures, they say, an important truth. Think of a bridge in London and the Tower Bridge springs to mind. Certainly does. So it was, work started on it in, I'm sorry, in 1886 and it took eight years to build and the cost, they said at the time, was huge, uh, 1.184 million pound back then. So that's uh, equivalent of about 122 million pound today. Mm. Um, five constructors were involved and 432 labourers. Two piers were plunged into the river to support the structure, while more than 11,000 tonnes of steel provided the frame for the towers and the walkways. The bridge was finished with Cornish granite and Portland stone, and about 31 million bricks were used and 22,000 litres of paint. Oh, wow. (laughs) The Gothic look was created by a George D. Stevenson because it complemented the Tower of London on the North Bank. Mm, so, so there we go. And the, apparently that was built also, the bridge at the time, to ease pressure on the capital of London. And, of course, there was no bridge crossing the Thames so that they could increase. Because uh, they had six million people living there then. Already in those days. Already, even in those days. So the opening on the 30th of June 1894 was a grand affair. The Prince of Wales, who would be the future King Edward VII, and his wife, Alexandra of Denmark, cut the ribbon. Celebratory cabins were fired from the Tower of London, but not everyone loved it apparently, Um, and some architectural experts said that it represented the vice of tawdriness and pretentiousness. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Don't you love it? Always knockers. There's always a naysayer, isn't (laughs) there? Life and times don't change all that much. But within decades, the bridge had come to symbolise the capital, of course. The public warmed to its appearance, and while its survival of the Blitz represented the strength of the city... And it also played a starring role in the London 2012 Olympic Games. Olympic rims, rings rather, were suspended from its centre. And also David Beckham drove a speedboat underneath it during the opening <laughs> ceremony. For heaven's Gosh. sake. But they said uh, but Beckham's sightings are rare. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was special then. <laughs> uh-uh. So, yeah, it's been a very special um, bridge. And, again, it was... Um, it had a combined, what they call a bascule, which I don't know what that is. Do you know that's, what that is? Yeah, B-A-S-C-U-L-E? I do. It's, uh, is that the opening? Spit Bridge in Mossman in Sydney. That opens. One of those. Yes, it mm. opens up. Yes. Yeah, a bascule and suspension bridge in one. So there you go. It's interesting, isn't it? 
So two twenty two hundred and fourteen foot high towers connected by a pair of walkways, and the central span between the towers measures two hundred feet and is split into two bascules, which can be raised to an angle of eighty six degrees. So apparently now it's been painted a different colour since twenty ten, a stylish blue and white. Originally it was red, white, and blue. <laughs> of course, uh, of course, but that was. Um, changed because of the Queen's Silver Jubilee in 1977, but originally it was just a basic dull brown. So it has improved. So the classic London site is to watch the bridge being raised and lowered, and twice daily times can be found on the Tower Bridge website. Ah, so the, something to include in your... Yes, so a fascinating London. bit of history about the London Bridge that you can... And also if you go into the, um, t- the high walkways, you get a view of London 42 metres above the Thames. Mm. Go the Tower Bridge. So there bridge. you go, the Tower Bridge. <laughs> Sally Lucas, yeah, there are some things we do need to think about when we want to travel, especially overseas. Certainly, and not just overseas. Sometimes people think they're travelling within Australia and part of the time they're not. And you'd say, how does that happen? Well, that's when you're on a cruise vessel, which may be then in international waters. So (laughs) you might not be visiting an international port, but you could be cruising in international waters. So... The thing is, SureSave um, has is an insurance company who has put together, I, I guess, a bit of a guide for people because they believe that some people aren't aware of what could go wrong if they don't have adequate insurance. They think, oh well, I'm, I'm still travelling, travelling rather within Australian waters, but you're not always. It's only got to move outside that zone, and you which they often do ships because they like to take you further out to sea. You're not hugging the coastline. Yes. And Medicare doesn't always cover you. So they've done this to give you a guide as to what the best travel insurance option might be when you go overseas. Um, So they say domestic insurance policy is fine if you're genuinely only in domestic waters. Now, obviously, you don't need medical and they don't put medical in a domestic policy because Medicare does cover you. So that covers you for things like cancellation, luggage, something goes wrong that you might have to be flown off the ship or, you know, those sort of things that you're covered for. International insurance, so if you're going into outside Australian waters, you do need to take an international cover, not a domestic cover. So just be very careful about that. If you're not sure, ask your cruise operator or your travel agent to make sure they can let you know or, you know, what sort of insurance you're going to require. Because nothing would be worse than thinking, like, to give you an idea, emergency helicopter evacuations or anything like that, you wouldn't be covered. You'd be paying for that out of your own pocket if you didn't have an international uh, policy. So just keep that in mind. And also even medical expenses as well, you'd be having to cover. You had to be flown to a, a hospital that might not be within Australia, um, mm, depending yes. on what would be the nearest hospital for you to go to. So just keep that in mind that you do really need to, with any insurance, of course, not just talking about cruises, but no matter where you're going in the world, make sure that you are, have the right cover for the style of holiday that you're doing, the type of holiday, whether it's trekking, whether it's cruising, you know, there's horses for courses. And one of the interesting comments that uh, SureSafe has when they um, are advertising their insurance policy is that they use simple and straightforward language, which they do, and they say because the only thing that should be foreign is the food. Ah, nice. (laughs) Which is quite a nice touch, isn't it? But certainly, no matter what your insurance company is, you know, just check with them, your travel agent, your cruise ship, your your tour operator, whatever, if you require a certain type of cover. Mm. It's just so important, Jane, because it can cost 
sheep stations if something really radically goes wrong and you don't have the right cover. So yes. please keep that in mind. The other thing we want to talk about today, Jane, is there's a lot of scams out there now with visas. Mm -hmm. And a friend even just dropped in recently to let me know that he'd been scammed. So a lot of the visas you get are online now. Yes. And some of them are a minefield as well, just to let you know that. They're not – be really prepared if you're ready to sit down because you've got to be precise. One little mistake, you've got to start all over again. And it's not the same as filling out a form, I don't think, do you? When it's in front of you, I think it's a lot easier to fill out a handwritten form. And, you know, but once you start one mistake on these online forms, you've got to go back and start again. Mm -hmm. So you can't just keep going and rub it out or, you know, white it out or whatever is necessary. So, yeah, there's this was a can Canadian one, for example, but it's happened to another client of ours with USA. And a lot more countries now are having online visa applications where you're not just submitting them to an embassy anymore. So, again, check with your travel agent. If you're not booking with a travel agent, you're just doing it yourself, well, check with the consul concerned the embassy in Australia to make sure they will give you the absolute true correct website that you have to use to obtain that visa. So again, be very, very careful. Some of these scammers are charging you three and four times what they should be and you mightn't even always have the correct visa that you require. Yeah. So be very, very careful. There are always minefields when you're using things on the net. We're looking at the hot deals at the moment in the current travel marketplace. Sally Lucas, what have you got for What us? have we got? Okay, Carnival Cruises have got some kids sale free. So that's quite an incredible thing, isn't it? Yeah. Now, this sale ends on the 18th of December, and um, there's a, a range of different cruises. It's not on all cruises, but there's a quite a good range, like shorter ones, um, New Zealand, um, Tassie. Ones are just little shorties. If you're just trying a cruise for the first time, they'll just go up to Morton Island, a weekend sampler, all those sort of things. But if you're just wanting that little short getaway, this sale ends on the um, 18th of December. So I think it's fantastic. So the fares are uh, per person in triple or quad cabins. Now they do start, for example, a 10-day cruise for guests one and two, which would be two adults, say in an inside cabin, start around $1,500 and you get two children free. As well. Mm. So that's not bad when you think about that. If you add that together, that's around about, what is that, $3,000 for a family of four to go on a 10-day cruise. Mm. So it's pretty good value for money. So it could be grandkids, it could be nieces and nephews, it doesn't have to be, but just two mm. children anyway. So there you go. That's really good value for money. There's a few great um, Thai packages available, and these are without Air Jane, so you buy your best airfare, whether you want to go with you know Jetstar or Thai or Singapore Airlines via Singapore, Scoot, whatever, the best airfare you can get. Bantai Beach Resort and Spa. Now, this is a four-star resort in Phuket. You're getting seven nights accommodation uh, in a superior room, breakfast daily. You get a one Thai dinner. You get free minibar in the room on arrival and you get a 10% discount at the resort uh, restaurants and free Wi-Fi. It's got three swimming pools. It's on five acres of really lush tropical gardens facing the, the waters of the Andaman Sea. And that, for the seven-night package, starts from under $450 per person for your land only. But that is very good value for money, as you can imagine, Jane. Fantastic. There is another one also at the Patong Merlin. It's another four-star property, and it's giving you eight nights, so you're getting four free. A buffet dinner, a 60-minute massage. That would be lovely. A cooking class per adult and a late checkout to 3 p.m., 
20% discount on spa treatments at the resort, and that's from only a touch over 500. And a lot of these also have upgrades if you want, like superior pool view rooms or, you know, deluxe rooms, you can have a very reasonably priced upgrade. And lastly, there's even one at the Phuket Marriott Resort and Spa, Merlin Beach. It's five-star property. Eight nights again, superior lagoon pool view room, breakfast daily, two 45-minute massages, two cocktails at the bar, again, the discount on spa treatments and various other complimentary shuttle service into Patong because they're a little bit further out, but that's lovely. It means you're not right in the hubbub. You're sort of a bit more isolated, which is a nice way to be. And that starts from under $700 for eight nights again in a five-star property. So these are all exceptional value for money. Bunnick Tours, the Australian tour company that runs some incredible tours throughout the world, but this is for Europe in particular. They've still got their early bird going, which is unusual. Most have finished. Uh, They've extended theirs to the 22nd of December, where you can still obtain a $250 per person on a range of their European holidays, so keep that in mind. Now, within Australia, we've got some lovely things available here as well. And these are Discover Australia holidays involving rail. So whether it be the GAN or whether it be the Indian Pacific, they've got all sorts of packages and short breaks available. It's subject, as it says, to availability on selected dates. So there's too many to mention, Jane, but there's a lot of lovely train packages ranging from five days right up to eight, nine, ten days where you can save up to $2,400. So keep that in mind just until it sells out. There's no actual cut-off date on that one. But there's still lots of good deals out there in the marketplace there's always something out there to tickle one's fancy oh we do love a little bit of travel don't we we do (laughs) and well that's talking travel for today thank you sally lucas thanks for listening to this podcast from 2nurfm at the university of newcastle topics range from gardening to health well-being pet care finance business and travel you'll find them all at 2nurfm.com